Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Come Follow Me Today, a brief message to help us experience an additional spiritual moment in our otherwise complicated lives. My name is Caleb Sanford, and thank you for joining me as we accept Christ's invitation to follow him today. If you're joining us for the first time, we're studying the Old Testament of the Bible this year, loosely following the study curriculum of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Well, when we last left Joseph in the book of Genesis, he had just been pulled out of the pit that his brothers had thrown him into and sold into slavery to some Ishmaelites. Quote, And Joseph was brought down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, bought him of the hands of the Ishmaelites, which had brought him down thither. End quote. So now Joseph is hundreds of miles away from home, living in a foreign land, and forced to work as a servant to Potiphar. Well, over the next several chapters, we read about how Joseph, time after time, was able to rise up from his circumstances and become very powerful and influential. First as a servant to Potiphar, where he became the chief steward of his estate. Then, after being falsely accused of assaulting Potiphar's wife and being thrown into jail, he rises up and becomes the right-hand man to the prison warden, controlling all the affairs of the jail. Then, after Pharaoh learns he can interpret dreams and summons him to interpret Pharaoh's troublesome dreams, Joseph proposes a plan to save Egypt from the looming famine. Pharaoh then puts him in charge of the food storage plan and makes him the most powerful person in Egypt, second only to Pharaoh himself. So here's what I like about Joseph in these stories. When he first gets taken to Potiphar's house, we start to learn a lot about Joseph. Quote, And the Lord was with Joseph. And he was a prosperous man, and he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. And his master saw that the Lord was with him, and that the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hand. And Joseph found grace in his sight, and he served him, and he made him overseer over his house, and all that he had he put into his hand. And it came to pass from the time that he had made him overseer in his house, and over all that he had, that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. And the blessing of the Lord was upon all that he had in the house and in the field, end quote. So we learn here that the Lord was with Joseph and helped to make him successful. But the Lord didn't just wave his magic wand. He only made Joseph prosper in all that he did. Joseph had to work hard. I bet he was the first servant up in the morning and the last to clock out at the end of the day. But more than just being a hard worker, he had a serving attitude. He found grace with Potiphar as he served him. We then learn that, quote, Joseph was a goodly person and well-favored. He got along with those around him. It seems like he had a high level of emotional intelligence and charisma, and everyone enjoyed being in his presence. He learned quickly how to be an effective leader. And with a little extra help from the Lord, he eventually rose up and became very influential in Potiphar's house. Well, this combination of hard work, charisma, and attitude of service made him unique. He stood out. This is true today also. There's not many people that have all those qualities. Because of this, Potiphar's wife became infatuated with him. Now, here's an example of why I think the Lord was with Joseph throughout his life. When Joseph went through a tragedy in his life, being betrayed by his brothers and sold into slavery, he could have become very hardened by that experience. He could have resigned himself to being the victim that he was. He could have lost his faith in God, given up his sense of morality, the values that he'd been taught by his parents. After all, if God had let him be sold into slavery, what was the point in trying to have faith and live the way that God had commanded his family? But Joseph stayed strong, even through his adversity. He maintained his values and faith, 
and when Potiphar's wife tried to seduce him, he ran away. But not before chastising the wife, saying, quote, There is none greater in this house than I, neither hath he kept back anything from me but thee, because thou art his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? End quote. Well, that made Potiphar's wife upset, to say the least, and she accused him of assaulting her, and Joseph was stripped of his position and thrown into jail. Okay, now would be a good time for Joseph to give up, to play the victim. No matter what he does, he ends up losing everything. But he again shows his resiliency here. He chooses to be the hero of the story instead of the victim and starts using the same work ethic, attitude of service, and high level of emotional intelligence to start earning the trust of the jail warden and his fellow prisoners. Quote, And the Lord was with Joseph, and showed him mercy, and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. And the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand all the prisoners that were in the prison. And whatsoever they did there, he was the doer of it. End quote. And even when Joseph was now essentially running the jail as a prisoner, when Pharaoh threw his butler and baker into jail also, quote, the captain of the guard charged Joseph with them, and he served them, end quote. Joseph didn't boss them around or treat them like inferior prisoners. He served them. This is why people loved Joseph. For him, it was always about helping those around him and not thinking about himself. His focus was being on the hero for others and not focusing on himself or the challenging situations that he found himself in. When he woke up and saw the baker and butler, he was in tune enough to recognize that they were sad. Quote, and he asked Pharaoh's officers that were with him in the ward of his Lord's house, saying, Wherefore look ye so sadly today? He cared about them just because they were there. They were people. They were children of God. Well, Eventually, Joseph makes his way up to Pharaoh himself, and after interpreting Pharaoh's dreams and coming up with a game plan for how to save Egypt from the looming famine, Pharaoh puts him in charge of the whole country, and the rest is history. But what really stands out to me about Joseph is that it doesn't seem like he had the direct interaction with God that Abraham, Isaac, or Jacob had. They received visitations from God, direct instruction from him, and for Jacob even wrestled with God. We don't see any of that in the story of Joseph. At least according to the scriptures, God never appeared to Joseph, never told him what to do, never gave him any direct revelation about what decisions to make. We don't even see Joseph praying to God to ask what he should do. And yet, Joseph always gave credit to God for the miracles he was a part of. When he interprets the dreams of the butler, baker, and then Pharaoh, Joseph just assumes that it's his gift is from God. He tells everyone it is, quote, It is not in me. God shall give Pharaoh an answer of peace. God hath showed Pharaoh what he is about to do. End quote. To put it another way, Joseph didn't have angels appearing to him. He never spoke with God, but he trusted in God. He had faith that his gifts and his success were attributed to God, and that he had confidence that God had not abandoned him and had a plan for him. This is what makes Joseph more relatable for me than other characters we've read about. For most of us, God isn't appearing to us or sending angels with divine messages for us. We may struggle to hear answers to our prayers or feel confident that we know the will of the Lord in our lives. But Joseph shows us that doesn't matter. We can just be good people. We can work hard. 
We can place the needs of others ahead of our own needs. We can show empathy to those around us. We can be like Christ in our daily work. We can be leaders that have faith in God and trust that even if we're not hearing his voice directly, if we're living our lives according to his teachings and commandments and doing what we think Jesus Christ would do and what God would have us do, that's all we need. We can trust that like Joseph, God will be with us. He will use us to do mighty miracles in the lives of those around us and to build up his kingdom, even if we don't realize that's what's happening. And most importantly, if we pass through tragedy like Joseph did, if we're able to maintain our faith, trust that God is with us and take the next step forward, even if we don't hear God's voice, he will be with us. We're all trying to follow the right star in our lives to get us where we need to go. But just because we don't know where the star is pointing, it doesn't mean it's not the right star. Joseph's star led him through trials and tribulations that would have broken most people. And there's no way that Joseph could have known that his star was leading him to become the salvation of Israel, but he kept following it, even when it led him to the depths of the deepest dungeon. You and I have to make that same choice of whether to follow our star, even if we don't know where it's pointing or even if it feels like we're never going to get there. Well, the story of Joseph is an amazing story of leadership, showing how with the right attitude, work ethic, compassion towards others, and willingness to serve, we can rise up to become powerful leaders for God. But I think there may be an even more important lesson to be learned here about faith in God's plan for us. What started as a bunch of brothers selling out their youngest sibling— led to the eventual migration of Jacob and his 12 sons to Egypt, which is where the people of Israel were really born. It's where the nation of Israel was then subjected to slavery for hundreds of years, only to be set free by Moses in the great Exodus and led to the promised land, which we'll read about in the coming month, only to then be divided and conquered over and over, eventually leading to the Romans conquering Israel and a savior being born not to free Israel from the bondage of the Romans, but to free them from the bondage of sin and sadness and misery and to break the bonds of death through resurrection and create a path for all of God's children to find peace in this world and eternal life in the world to come. Judaism and Christianity as we know it, and probably the entire history of the world, started with 10 immature young men that sold their little brother into slavery. As Joseph later told his brothers when they came to Egypt, quote, And God sent me before you to preserve you a posterity in the earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. So now it was not you that sent me hither, but God. And he hath made me a father to Pharaoh and Lord of all his house and a ruler throughout all the land of Egypt, end quote. God had a plan and no one except perhaps the prophets and Christ himself knew the fullness of that plan. But Joseph played his part in it. Even though he couldn't have imagined that his actions to save Egypt and to save his family would eventually result in his family's descendants being subjected to the same slavery that he was sold into. He couldn't have imagined Moses then saving his people and leading them to the promised land and everything that came after. But Joseph played his part. He trusted in God and relying on the faith and values that he had been taught as a youth, he did what he thought was best and moved forward. You and I can do the same. 
God's plan is still happening all around us. And even though we don't know how our actions will impact the future, we can choose to move forward and make choices based on our faith and trust that like Joseph, the Lord is with us. Thank you for listening today, and I'll see you next week.